Am I Reister or am I wrong? I have a five-point plan to get college football back. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, he has his money blinders on. NBA players, they may have to parachute in the WAP after the NBA's bubble guest rules came out. Deion Sanders to Barstool Sports is an odd pairing, but it's genius. And White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson is everything that is right about sports. Am I right or am I wrong is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet. Daily fire. Facts only. Check your feelings at the door. This ain't the place for the left, the right, snowflakes, or social justice warriors. And absolutely no BS because I keep it 100. And as always, I promise you I will never sell out the truth for anything. Uh, Make sure that you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And most importantly, share so we can grow together. Uh, If you want to get a hold of me, send me an email, gwpodcast at unafraidshow.com. Subscribe, tell a friend. And if you want to listen to me as well, you can find me on Fox Sports Radio on Sundays, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific and weekdays filling in. And we are still giving away those $50 Amazon gift cards. All you have to do is leave a rating and then tweet it out and tag me in it to be entered. Am I right or am I wrong? I'm probably Reister, but if not, leave a comment. So we're going to start out with my five-point plan to get college football back. The first thing that college football, the NCAA, that they need to do is they need to stop protecting amateurism. That's number one. That means unencumbered name, image, and likeness is a must. And they need to stop pretending that this ain't big business for everybody. So stop protecting amateurism because that's the idea that the scholarship is enough or even the uh, what all players should be getting. So, number one, you have to stop protecting amateurism, which means leading to point number two, that there needs to be a players association slash union. So the players have representation because that's truthfully why the other leagues are back. That's why the NBA is back. The NHL. MLS, everybody is back so far because they have representation. They can agree upon health and safety standards, the protocols, compensation, and have a plan if something goes wrong. And that leads to point number three, that there needs to be a a plan that is upfront about eligibility. What happens if the season is shortened? How are medical expenses going to be taken care of? What happens if they opt out? How often is testing going to be done? How are transfers going to be handled? And what happens if the season's canceled? So all of these things, the other leagues and their players associations did up front and the players are in the dark and they're saying no more, no mas. We want to be a part of the conversation. That's why they're so angry about the we want to play thing. They're like, we want to play, but you're keeping us in the dark. That is the problem with the NCAA. They're trying to protect amateurism, which was point number one. That leads me to point number four, that they need to separate college football from the other sports and that there needs to be a separate college football commissioner because right now there is no true leader. The conferences, they all act like individual democracies. 
who they do have the presidents and the athletic directors who are who are leading the way in there, but it's a democracy. And then you have the NCAA kind of covering all of them where they govern their championship sports, but they don't have any power to do a lot of things as far as the conferences go. So there needs to be somebody who is in charge of college football because that's where the money is. And that that is what funds pretty much every other sport on campus except for men's basketball and in some cases, women's basketball. So you need somebody to preside over that. And then that's put, and then now to point number five, the NCAA needs a playoff committee for medical experts because there's too many cooks in the kitchen right now. You have the ACC, their uh, specialist saying that we see a path to play. The Pac-12, they are uh, terrified by myocarditis. And, and all of these other negative health outcomes that are besides death. You have different people saying different things in the Big Ten, in the SEC, Big 12. So there needs to be like a college football playoff committee, a committee to make good decisions about who should be in. Same thing when it comes to the medical experts as college football. That's how you get college football back. The five-point plan. It is easy. Stop protecting amateurism. You need a players association slash union. You need an upfront plan about all the contingencies. You need a separate college football commissioner and you need a playoff committee for the medical experts. So that goes to uh, the conferences, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have already pushed back at least until the spring if it even happens. So how does spring football work? Because the idea of kids playing 24 games in a calendar year, uh, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So I have two different options for a plan. Number one, you either play eight games, either six or eight games, and then you expand the playoffs to 16 teams because you're not going to have teams with a whole bunch of losses. So then you have that playoff committee who can then choose who are the quote unquote 16 best teams. And then you're going to be able to recoup some of that television money that you would have been able to get for the conferences. So that's going to give you a chance to recoup some of that money. Eight games plus expanded playoffs to 16 teams. There's another idea that the guy that I do the Pac-12 Apostles podcast with Ralph Amsden throughout. He said, how about just making it one long season? You play six games in four or six games in the spring. And then you play the rest of them another six to 10 games in the fall. But it all counts as one season. So now you have teams that can play a very difficult schedule. They can schedule non-conference games, all of this. And it would be a, that would be pretty enjoyable. I know it would be a long break in between, but having a a rollover season, eh, that's kind of interesting. Next point up, the NBA, on to the NBA. So the NBA put out its bubble guest rules, and now it is clear that some of the NBA players are going to have to parachute in the WAP. What? Oh, oh, what's what's the WAP? That's what you're asking. So if you don't know what the WAP is, Google Cardi B and Megan the the Stallion WAP lyrics. W-A-P. Don't play it in front of the kids in the cart. Don't don't you do it. Don't you do it. You will be getting a whole bunch of questions. So but you will at least know what I'm talking about. Because the NBA is doing this because they don't want any drama. They want no drama. 
because some of these guys are young and making bad decisions as it relates to the WAP because and they don't want drama because here's a secret. I'm getting ready to let you in on a locker room sports professional sports secret. A lot of athletes beef with each other is about women. Yes, it's about women. You think it's over ball, but it's not. It's over side chicks and ex-girlfriends a lot of times. I mean, everything from Derek Fisher with Ray Allen, Derek Fisher with Matt Barnes, whatever it is, these things have dominated uh, professional sports. And the last thing they want is somebody popping up on TMZ talking about, oh, I'm in the bubble. Mm-mm. No, no, no Instagram thotties allowed. Because their rule is any individual the player has not previously met in person. Like who? Why would you try to bring somebody in the bubble that you haven't met in person? But anyways, um, that you haven't met in person or whom the player has limited in person interactions. For example, only known the player through social media or an intermediary. Yep. Sounds like sounds like an Insta model to me. And so the rule is also that each player can bring in four guests per player plus children and each player is allowed one ticket per playoff game this is the way it's going to be going forward to the playoffs for each guest plus an additional ticket for a child shorter than 32 inches which led me to believe so i have a one-year-old he's 15 months old the kid's like 34 inches so i was like so how does this work he needs his own ticket does it count as a whole person because he's tall you know these are the things i think about so (laughs) So uh, I love that the NBA and the, in, uh, and the NBA PA that they cut out all the ways because this was wasn't the NBA's just decision. The NBA PA headed by Chris Paul, LeBron James, I mean, veteran long in the tooth guys. They cut out all the ways that you could sneak people in in current like any way that you could sneak somebody in because they said that you can't have anybody who's current or per, per, prospective staff. Or business relationships, including agents, trainers, must because that's the Antonio Brown. She was a trainer, massage and physical therapist, personal chefs, and even tattoo artists. So that's what it is. So now anybody, because uh, so this rule was clearly for the James Hardens of the world, for the Lou Williams of the world, for the old players like Sean Kemp. And now if they want to do it, they're going to have to parachute it in your build El Chapo tunnels into Walt Disney World. That's the only way to get the WAP in at this point in time. And even I know it's a personal story. So if you know me, this is long before I got married, long before it is who I am now. So Jack, when I was in Jacksonville, he created the no fly in rule. Then he had the audacity to call it in front of the team, the 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 George Reister rule, because I had a tendency when I was on the road to have to have, you know, business associate friends come and come visit um, and stay in the team hotel. But yeah, so he had the George Reister rule. And this is very similar to what the NBA is doing um, on to the NFL, though. Jerry Jones, he has his money blinders on money blinders completely on because he his idea is that they're going to play all of their games, all the ones that are at AT AT&T Stadium, the Cowboys in front of fans, all of them. 
The stadium is huge, hundred seats, hundred thousand plus people. But what could go wrong? What could go wrong? I mean, these people have to be in close proximity, getting in elevators to go up to the suites, uh, the parking, uh, walking in, walking out, because Texas allows fifty percent of capacity for sporting events. That could be fifty thousand people. Texas coronavirus numbers still seven day average over 200 people dying a day, plus an additional seven to 10,000 cases. We're seeing that there are negative outcomes besides death. What could go wrong, Jerry Jones? Mm, because he won't be sitting in there near anybody. I guarantee Jerry Jones old ass is wrapped up in bubble wrap right now. He ain't let nobody around him, but he wants his money. But truthfully, that may actually cost the NFL its season because these are the kinds of things that if you have fans, then some kind of way players get get it because these things transmit. We're not even fully sure about all the transmission stuff yet. What could go wrong? Can't put the money blinders on. He's trying to drain every single ounce out of this, out of the NFL return to play. And this is why college football has been canceled. People aren't taking it seriously. Money blinders. Uh, Deion Sanders. Deion Primetime Sanders is joining Barstool Sports. Yes. Yes. It is an odd pairing. I understand that. First of all, because he's black. Not a whole lot of black people at Barstool Sports. Just saying. Uh, He's Christian. He's about his faith. Inspiration. And Barstool, you know, they're known for, you know, being a little bit out there. Rating teachers hotness who get charged with having sex with students, the Roger Goodell, red nose, all of that. But what Barstool has figured out and the new media model is, is that talent is greater than the organization. So you bring in great talent. That way you draw in people and the idea that everything has to be on brand with the company. Nah, that's not it no more. That's not it. They're just trying to incubate niche communities around these personalities because you can have people say i hey, yo i'm here for dion i'm not here for the other stuff but i'm here for dion but i'm still repping the barstool brand so that's more visits to the site more downloads to the podcast all of this and they have a big time distribution network prime example one of their biggest uh stars on barstool is big cat big cat <laughs> if he left he would be fine, like no matter where he lands. Same thing with J.J. Reddick. He's got his own podcast network now. You have Pat McAfee over there. Now he's got his own situation going. Peter King left Sports Illustrated over at NBC now because audiences are portable. And that's why the the networks, they want to build their audience around the network. And now talent is doing very similar to what Uh, athletes are doing with their leagues which is saying hold up i'm more than an athlete i actually have a brand and if i built my personal brand outside of the company's brand then when i move i can make money and generate income even without the company and that's what people are learning so you have more people like me work for themselves still do things for big companies as well but you realize that your audience and the right to the wrong family is very, very portable. But here's the question. So Deion Sanders tweeted me 
And I want to know what you guys think about this because I didn't understand what this dude was talking about. Please explain this to me if you think I'm right or am, am I wrong about this. So four days ago, he tweeted, all players opting in, all players opting out in all sports, please believe the game will go on without you. This is a business and don't you ever forget that. There's no one that's bigger than the game itself. Only the ref, umps, and officials are that important that you can't play without them. Not you. Truth. Okay. My response was, this ain't it, Dion. You were one of the players who paved the ways for players to have power, monetize their brand, not conform, or accept anything, any old thing the team gives you. Now you're telling players to compromise their health with so much uncertainty or, or money. And I'm just like, that and his response was his response to me was when did you hear me say that you view what you read is based off your thoughts and assumptions read it slowly and truly think about what i'm saying i was like i so so i did it Dion's an elder i don't have any beef with him i just didn't think that what he said was i thought it was clear that he was saying that that the game you're not bigger than the game which everybody understands or at least the majority of people understand but it sounded like he was saying that you should not be opting out because you're not bigger than the game. And that you should be signing up to go play. I mean, tell me, am I wrong? Because am I tripping? Because I don't think I'm tripping. So I said back to him like, yo, well, then explain it to me because that don't sound because um, reading it slowly and truly thinking about it. That ain't help. I think still came up with the same assumption um, that moves on to the last thing. White Sox shortstop, I like that. White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson is everything that is right about baseball. And he's doing it right, and he's what's right in sports. This dude is HTT, hard work, talent, and talk. Not necessarily bumping his gums, but he has that charisma. Today, he hit a home run versus the Detroit Tigers, and he was back at his antics uh, Ricky Henderson popping around the bases, all of that. And I love it because we love that in sports and baseball's old antiquated fan base. Some of them hate that. They don't like the bat flips. They don't like the excitement. They're like, act like you've been there before. Well, I thought hitting a baseball for a home run was the hardest thing there is to do. Why should we care about the pitcher's feelings? He should have thrown a better pitch. And I hit it. Sorry, baseball purists. Nobody cares um, because look at what happened in the NBA. Actually, let's look at what happened in baseball first. Joe Kelly, Dodgers pitcher versus the Astros when he threw at guys because he was upset about what happened to him when he was with the Red Sox when the Astros were cheating in 2017. So he threw at him, not mad at him. But, but what did that do? That excited the fan base, got people to watch because people wanted to see what was going to happen. That's how you drum up intrigue and ball. Let players be who they are. Stop trying to suppress their, their individualism with these silly rules. Um, and baseball would win so many fans. We've seen Patrick Beverly and uh, Paul George go at Damian Lillard. That was fantastic. It was excellent. Man, baseball, if they had that, 
Baseball might take up, take back over. It might overtake the NBA as far as popularity in the United States. But it's not happening until they get some more fun. And some of your best players like Mike Trout actually, you know, actually have a little bit of personality. One that could be one of the 10 best baseball players of all time. It's like watching paint dry. Um, am I Reister or am I wrong? I'm probably Reister, but if not, leave a comment. Peace out.